let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Welcome to Outposts of Heaven, the podcast. This is Andrew Jordan. And I'm Emily. And we're really happy to have all of you here with us. If you are a returning listener, thanks for coming back. If you are a first-time listener, we're really excited to have you here. Um, Just a little bit about us. We are committed to helping people find practical ways to apply the gospel of Jesus Christ to make your home more centered on on Jesus and on his teachings. Uh, And to help us with that today, we have some of our longtime friends. Hello. This is, oh, I'll introduce them. This is our friends Levi and Amanda Neely. Um, Do you guys want to tell us a little bit about yourselves and your cute little family? Yes. So we have been married for almost four years. We're both from St. George, Utah. We have one baby boy, Jack. He he's just so handsome. One. He's handsome. He's so handsome. And, and wild. wild. <laughs> <laughs> and he's fun, and we love him. Um, yeah, we uh, currently work in a group home, which is kind of some of the stuff that we'll be talking about today. And... Um, so we're kind of a family of three, but we're also kind of a family of nine. <laughs> yeah. That is uh, <laughs> crazy. We're really excited to talk more about that. So. Yeah. They have some pretty cool insights yeah. to share with us. Yeah. yeah. Well, when we have guests on the show, we do something called Poverty's Nerfict, and we share a little, a little embarrassing moment or a fail that we've had recently. Um, and what that does for us, at least, is it kind of calms our nerves. It helps us to get in the mode. So. Yeah. Uh, so I will go first while you guys think of yours. Um, so I think it was the day before yesterday, Emily was at class, and so I was home with the kids, and the kids woke up, and like every single morning of their lives, Hiram came in screaming for cereal, and so uh, I got, we went to the kitchen to grab cereal, and as I'm pouring the cereal, I turn around and Ruth is covered in blood. Like her face, <laughs> her hands, like everything she's holding. She's like holding a book we just bought for school, covered in blood. And I'm like freaking out. Like, what happened? I like I may I checked to see Was like, she even like crying? No, she was totally chill, which was even creepier. <laughs> she was like, like did you is kill someone? <laughs> like, is there a dead cat in the back room or something? And uh, so I went over and grabbed her and cleaned her off. It turned out it was just a hangnail. But as I was helping her, yeah, a hangnail covered her in blood. But as I was helping her, Hiram was sitting there screaming at me because I wasn't pouring him cereal. It's like... Ungrateful. Yeah, like empathy. He's just not... He hasn't really developed that. Yeah, not at all. Fully quite yet. Um, it's not really a fail. It's just a funny it's thing. It's just a funny thing. Yeah. I, guess, yeah. I was freaking out, though. Yeah, man. I would be freaking out, too. Yeah. Yeah. And like Emily was trying to text me at the same time or something. I don't remember what happened. Yeah, one of those overwhelming parenting moments. Yeah, it was like difficult when it all always piles up. Yeah, yeah. it's like at all the same hours time. Hours of nothing yes. and then all at the same time. Yeah. Yep. All right. Okay. Um, got it. This happened a couple of weeks ago, but I was just thinking of it today. Um, so we were taking a break. So we'll talk more about this a little bit later. But every day our um, boys that are 
part of the group home, they have quiet time. So it's like an hour of quiet time and we go take a break in our apartment with Jack. And so we were absolutely exhausted and we were just sitting in the hallway and Jack needed a diaper change and he had a dirty diaper. And so, no, he didn't have a dirty diaper. He just needed a diaper change because he had had a wet diaper for forever. So we changed a diaper and I didn't want to get up and go find a diaper. And so I was st- we were sitting there, everything was fine and calm, and then I like look over and Jack has pooped on the carpet. <laughs> and it's like huge, and he's just like <laughs> squatting there, like just like, ah, what have I done? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you are a dog, like why are you? And so I like start moving towards the poop on the carpet, and then he like speed crawls to the toilet to try to drink out of it, and I'm like, what is happening right now? And so it was fine, but just disgusting. Like, taken over by a dog. <laughs> For the day. Perfect. Jack really is very similar to a dog. He He's likes like to eat 20% trash. 20% human and then 80% he dog. He loves the so. toilet. He's crying because I've, I've shut the toilet Yeah, bowl. it's so weird. He like sticks so his sad. hands in it and then licks his hands. And I'm like... Oh. <laughs> Has he played with the toilet brush yet? Yeah, yes. and the plunger. Okay. And I'm like... Oh. <laughs> like when, so we've had some times where Emily and I are in the kitchen and we're working on something and Ruth just walks in the kitchen holding the toilet brush with like this look of like magic on her face and you're like I don't even know if you've licked it yet like yeah. that could have already happened I have no idea what you've been doing with this for the past 10 what minutes I thought that I thought that children were supposed to like the forbidden things after they understand that like you say no mm-hmm. but Jack just naturally wants the forbidden things like we didn't tell him about like electrical outlets but that was one of the first things that he like crawled to go and play with yeah it's wild he just like i've been laying on my back and staring at that thing for so long it's about time i get up look like a little face i wonder if he's just like a small friend (laughs) (laughs) please come out of the wall and play ruth's first like thing like that was she was she loves sucking on chargers yes like chargers that are plugged in Yes. And it yeah. turns out they do not get electric. No, yeah. There's I assume good. they would, yeah. but they don't. They haven't yet. And we've I had multiple know. people, they're like, get that thing out of his mouth. And it's like, well. I'm like, he's happy. <laughs> he's happy and it's not going to kill him. Let's let it slide. <laughs> that's, maybe that's why they have so much energy. Maybe I need to suck on Charging them up. It would explain a lot. Low grade. All right. Well, let's get to know you guys a little bit more so our listeners can get a better picture of who you are. Um, You want to maybe share a little bit of your story of how you met each other? Yes. Okay. um, I can do this. It's... This is a wonderful long story. It's it's a little bit torturous. I will condense it. Um, So if I were to condense it into like a sentence, I would say, um, she loves me. I love her. She loves me. I love her. We both love each other. <laughs> There's back and forth periods. We met in high school when I was a junior and she was a senior. We were in a play together. We did. The we were not play. the weirdest play. Um, I was like dating someone at the time, and I broke up with this girl in my senior year when Amanda had already graduated. And I would like call her about all of my girl problems and all the drama. <laughs> and unbeknownst to me, she really liked me. No. Oh, you didn't at this point? I thought that you False. did. Well, when Absolutely did you start not. liking me? No, I, we were each other's first kiss. So yes. Oh, yes. I did yes, not yes. like Levi until after we kissed. Yes, because I asked her to. You didn't like him until after you kissed? I, wow. So I oh. asked so her about to. Those magical hairy lips. <laughs> he he <laughs> got a beard. Did I have no. a beard at that point? You did have a beard, and this is what he oh, said. Oh, well, So I'm after we kissed, right? And it was magical. I'll show you the picture later. We were in a fountain. I was wearing this beautiful dress. We kissed. It was so great. 
great. And then <laughs> I'm just I imagining would... like in a mermaid outfit. <laughs> <It's magical. laughs> it was really magical. That, then we're hanging out and we're with Levi's friend and he had not kissed anyone yet. And Levi was like, well, just make sure it's not like kissing a brick wall because that really sucks. And I'm like, you've kissed one person. <laughs> and it is me. And I am sitting here. I should <laughs> so say, you're rude. I would like to make a very clear point. In high school, I was really mean. <laughs> I was a jerk. I was not very nice. And I didn't know Which is funny because I can't imagine you being mean. No. Yes. And none no, of it, like, I wasn't aware of it. Yes, I just it did a lot of really, yeah, it wasn't like I was like, I'm going to find a way to get back at Amanda. I was just... Rude. It was I was just a rude, oblivious teenager. Oh, obliviousness is. But a I, I would argue that obliviousness rude. could be the worst evil. Very it's cool. really cruel. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so we kissed. Before we kissed, I said YOLO. So in my mind, I was like, no commitment. This is great. <laughs> and, but it, yeah, there was. And, and there was. Like, <laughs> so we're engaged. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so then, like, after that, we were really good friends. And um, we got mission calls at the same time. We got mission time. calls at the same time. And so Amanda came back from college. And I. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, like, in our church, it's very common oh, to. Yes. Um, for young people to go and serve mission trips. Um, and the way you do that is you receive a mission call and you go wherever you, you're called. And so yeah. that could be Hungary or Russia or Alabama. Which it happened to be with us, Hungary and Russia. I, I went to Hungary and Amanda went to Russia. But um, we got our calls a week apart and we were going to, we just spent a lot of time together after that. And um, at this point, Amanda really liked me. And um, <laughs> we took this uh, class together that was about marriage. And at Ooh. one point, Amanda read this book, and we're still trying to find it, so shout out to everybody that's listening to this podcast. If this sounds familiar, please let us know. <laughs> it's been four years, we still can't find it. Um, but it was about, um, it was these two people, and it talked about how, like, the first time they felt it is when they were holding hands, and then the second time they felt it is when they were getting married, and the third time they felt it is when there were little feet running around in the kitchen. It's just this love story between these two people. And she read that. And I knew that she was reading it to me. And I remember walking out of that class and I remember the specific thought. I was like, why am I so upset? And I was so frustrated. And there was like all these weird feelings because I was an oblivious boy and I didn't know how to process what I was feeling. And I came to the conclusion quite a few days later and I was like, oh, it's because I love her. And so I told her that I loved her. And from that point on, we dated for like a month before we left. And then while we were serving those missions... I loved her, and Amanda didn't really want anything to do with me. <laughs> I remember just kind of, that. Yeah, I, I remember that. Cause we, Amanda served in the same place as Emily and I, and I remember yeah. that. Like there. Yeah, I yeah. just really loved just being a guy. missionary, and I did not want anyone to bug me. <laughs> so I remember I'm I wrote her. I remember I wrote her an email, and I was like so excited that we're so in love and that we're <laughs> destined to be together. And she replied, and she's like, "I don't think I feel the same way. Have a good week. Bye." <laughs> <laughs> which so is that's kind of the which status is so of what Amanda. Which <laughs> is like the quintessential Amanda response to that. <laughs> And then she got, she just wanted to, yeah, just being really honest with me, which it was appreciative, but, um, but she got home before I did. Um, and then I came home and I knew from the moment that I stepped, uh, stepped foot off of that plane that my goal was to marry Amanda Marie Harris Neely. Well, at that point it wasn't Neely, but like, he's been riding on his notebook from, on the plane home from Hungary so many times he just forgot here. But then we did, and uh, we started dating, and I got home in April, and we got married, or engaged in September, and married in December, and it's been a happy time ever since. 
So beautiful. That's <laughs> okay. Well, I know there's a lot of other fun details from, yes. from your guys' past, but let's jump forward to right your, now. Right now, your decision to embark on this crazy adventure you guys you guys are on. Yeah. Yeah. Amanda was like responsible for well not responsible for this. It's that makes Amanda's it sound like fault. she was like <laughs> Amanda did this, but Amanda's the one that found the job, so Yeah, so Levi is just about to finish up his undergraduate degree. And he has a degree in biology and we had just had a baby and we were like so poor. And <laughs> so we were like, what are we gonna do? Like what should we do for the next year while Levi is just has like one class left. Um, and we had originally wanted to go to med school, and so we were applying for med school and just needed something to do for a couple of years. And so we were looking, and I kept Googling, like, biology jobs <laughs> and <laughs> looking on LinkedIn and stuff, and um, indeed, all this, all these job websites. And this job kept coming up, like, over and over, and I was like, why is this job coming up on biology? Like, it has nothing to do with biology, and it said, like, family teacher for Utah Youth Village. And it kept coming up and kept coming up over like several days. And so I was like, okay, maybe I should look at this. And so I clicked on it and it was like, um, family teachers are essentially foster parents in a group home setting. You're responsible for children that are in state custody and you are like, you live in an apartment attached to the group home and essentially you're their parent. Like you fulfill all the roles of a parent but you're also offering um, treatment in the form of teaching interactions, like teaching them proper behaviors. And I was like, well, we've always wanted to do foster care because I was in foster care for a year when I was a child. And it was like a very, I don't know, it was just like a whim. And we were like, well, we'll just apply and like see what happens. And so we applied, and then the next day they called us, and they're like, we'd love to set up an interview with you. And we're like, okay, <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll go to an interview. So we go to an interview, and we're like trying to find out more about it. And it's so hard to find out about it because it's such a unique job that it's very hard to describe in words. Yes. So even like the people who are interviewing us... Who have done the who same thing. Who have done thing. the same job... Like, they were explaining it to us, and we're like, we're not getting it. Like, <laughs> like what is this? <laughs> and so we had a few more interviews, and, like, we Levi had gotten more job offers from some mm-hmm. places down here, but basically when they explained it more, um, so we, the position was to work together, so it's a married couple. The only people who can apply for the job are married couples who have been married for over a year. And you can have your kids um, there on the job with you, and you live in this home, and you can have anywhere up to six children living in the home with you. And, including your own? No. Um, no. Not including your own. So six foster children. Because mm-hmm. um, most of the kids in our home are um, in state custody. So most of them, like their actual guardian is the caseworker. But So mm-hmm. six of these children. Um, and you have... You're responsible for, like, getting them to school, homework, doctor's appointments. Parent-teacher conferences. Parent-teacher conferences. So all of those aspects of parenthood. But you're also responsible for, like, caseworker meetings and taking them to court to review their cases. Tons of paperwork. Tons of paperwork because of them being in state custody. And we're also the, um, the direct supervisors of two staff who work in the home. So it's kind of this massive role Mm -hmm. because it's like it's our house and it's our they're basically our kids but we also have this professional side of meetings and paperwork and 
supervising employees and making schedules and all Mm -hmm. of that. And so they called us like a week after we interviewed and they said we got the position and we're like, should we do this? (laughs) I would would also, so at this point, I mean, it took like what, a week and a half for them to offer the position. And we were in our little home that we were renting. And for the most part, we were just really enjoying life. And, um, and then we got this, they, they offered us this position and that included like us moving. And so all of a sudden we were just like, okay, so like we have a week to move out of this, yeah. <laughs> this, this house. I think I've had longer interview processes for like janitorial. <laughs> <laughs> on it campus. So yeah, it was, quick. which was, it was nice for us. Um, because like, like Amanda said, we've always wanted to do foster care. We've always wanted to, um, to kind of be a part of that process. And it was really reaffirming, reaffirming for those people to be like, yeah, like we think you're going to be an excellent fit. We're like, oh, <laughs> that's It was nice. like a huge decision, but at the same time, I feel like we just made it. We were, no, like, we're, we're <laughs> like, if they offer us the job, we'll take it. And then they did. So we took it. <laughs> so like so, they called us and they were like, yeah, so you were offering you the position. And the person who called me was like, I don't know if you need to talk to Levi. And I was like, oh, no, like it's fine. So like, when do we move in? He's like, so are you accepting? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so can I ask a question about yeah. the boys? So in general, like, what is the goal? Like, is the goal for them to get out and be back with their parents? It's or? very individualized. Um, one of our core, um, like, elements to this whole program is individualized treatment planning and mm-hmm. a goal setting. Um, but it, it varies. So some of them have family members that are still in the picture. Others, um, their parents' um, parental rights have been terminated. So, are so they there's like... some that are going to be adopted, some okay. that are trying to move into a foster home, some that are going to reunify with their families. The it really varies. The goal is permanency. Mm-hmm. So this is in foster care, you can have like di- different levels of severity of behaviors. So like a level one is probably just like normal kids. So like our kids would be like level one. They're just mm-hmm. normal kids. Level two is a little more like they require a little more supervision. There's a little more um, behavioral, behavioral difficulty. difficulties that are seen. Our home is a level five. Mm-hmm. So it is the last step before state hospitals. Okay. Um, and so the goal with our home is that these children are going to come and they have behaviors because they have trauma and we are going to work with them using the teaching family model, which we can talk more about later. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to help them minimize or eradicate those behaviors and then either return to their families or be eligible for adoption or whatever it may be. Okay. So the whole goal is to not have them bounce around from placement to placement anymore. We're the last stop the last and we want to be the last stop so that we can help them have permanency. That's kind of um, a lot of the youth that we have um, interacted with. They have been bouncing back and forth. They've been to five or six different foster homes or adoptive families, and it's just not working. And Mm -hmm. so that's something that we really love about this job is that we are their, their last hope, but we're also very adamant about not giving up on them. So that's awesome. We love to see that. Well, I know you guys have prepared some like takeaways or some of like the mm-hmm. things you want to share with us. Um, and we don't have too much time. So I want to dive in yes. that right away. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's jump that. on that. Um, so we, Amanda mentioned this before this program uses what's called the, um, teaching family model. Um, it's a really, it's the, the one of the only, um, teaching models that is used in residential treatment facilities that has, um, like, 
evidence-based results that they have tried this time and time again. Um, they've done studies on it and um, it, it, it works. And so the fundamental principles that we use, um, we've seen just in our, um, I mean, we've been there for almost five, what, almost five months and we've seen huge dramatic progress in a lot of the peop- uh, the youth that we work with. Um, it's kind of similar to like gentle parenting or, um, yeah, gentle parenting is like the most popular thing that it's similar to, but it's all about using positive reinforcement and not using, um, not rewarding negative attention seeking behaviors. Mm. Um, so that's what it's all about. So we kind of, our biggest takeaways have to do with that. So we kind yeah, of wanted to explain to it a little that bit. So that, um, but the first thing that we wanted to talk about, and this, I think that sometimes people can view this as a little bit brutal, um, but love does not fix everything. Um, love is a driving factor. So um, if you are teaching your children and you're running into a lot of problems, I think that um, there's a really big uh, desire to be like, I love them and I will love them forever. And like, they're going to turn it around because they'll see my love. Mm -hmm. And while that is an excellent sentiment and the love that we have for our children should drive us, that has to translate into action. And we have to have structure and plan um, and have those goals and specific actions that we're going to take to mm-hmm. change, to translate that love into success for the people that we are, um, that we're loving. Mm-hmm. And we see that a lot with the kids we work with because their parents will always be like, well, we love them. We love them so much. And I'm like, I know I can see that you love them. And that is incredible that you love them, but we have to have that love transformed into something like mm-hmm. Just loving them is not enough. You have to have a plan and you have to have the actions to drive that plan. Yeah. So, Which again, like, um, I think that you can see that time and again with um, the Savior in the scriptures. That yeah. you can see that, that. Same thing. Yeah, that it's not, I mean, it's it's great to, to preach love and to say that, but to do it is, is a very big deal. So anyway, so kind of segueing into that, we wanted to talk about, it's called the teaching family model. So it really focuses on teaching. and um, Which was incredible to me. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I have, I have a baby, so sometimes I don't feel like there's a ton of teaching opportunities, like mm-hmm. in a more like classical sense of like, right. oh, I'm teaching you something. Yeah. Like Jack will sit up and like throw his toys, and I'll say no, and he'll <laughs> look at me and do it again. And so I'm like, <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> but the idea of teaching your children is so incredible to me, and it's something that we've learned so much mm-hmm. about. And um, then the th- there was like three parts of teaching. Um, the first one I think is so important to remember is that you are the adult. And sometimes I just like use that as a mantra to myself <laughs> in interactions with our boys in the home, but also interactions with my baby, just being like, I am the adult. Like I am the one who has control over my emotions and I also have control over my reactions. Mm-hmm. And I just have to remember that because sometimes the things that the kids do or the things that Jack does, I'm like, why would you do that? And it like drives me crazy. And I'm yeah. like, what are you thinking? And then I have to be like, they're a child. They're not thinking. You're the adult. You're rational. You're okay. And As so, you have an emotional yeah, like, It's like, fine. I'm rational. I promise. But doing that and then modeling those adult behaviors, modeling is so powerful. Yeah. Just like, that's something that our supervisor said is they, he said, you have to realize that some of these kids seeing you, you are the first people that in their lives that have ever had a stable job or you are the first people in their lives that have ever had like a loving marriage. 
and just showing them those things or like how we cope with disappointment or how Mm -hmm. we are able to ignore minor annoyances or Mm -hmm. things like that like that's so powerful to them to see that a couple so when we were um starting this job as part of the training there was a slide um in like a slideshow and it was like when we want to have someone learn how to read we teach them when we have someone want to like I don't know, uh, any form of behavior we teach them. But then when, as a, like a society, when we think of what we do to teach someone in parenting, we're like, we punish the children. Like, like that's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very backwards thing that, that teaching is and modeling is how we can convey those things. Um, like when we have these, we call them teaching interactions with the boys. So essentially if they are using skills, like they all have a list of four skills that they can use and earn points for. So it's a mm-hmm. token economy. And if they earn enough positive points, then they have access to privileges like media or like a sweet snack or like some extra time outside, like those kinds of things. Cause we have a very structured home. Mm-hmm. And if they are not using their skills, they earn consequences. But what that looks like is very similar to when they earn positive points because mm-hmm. we are teaching the entire time. So like if Levi did something, like say I had said, Levi, please go get your coat on, and he did not get his coat on, then I would say, Levi, I understand that you were busy. However, I did ask you to go and get your coat, and you did not. So unfortunately, you did earn a negative 20 for following instructions. And then we would go through that, and we like we do a positive correction. So we say, well, what like what does following instructions look like? And they tell us the steps to following instructions, yeah. and then. So we how often does that. Levi run a deficit? <laughs> <laughs> well, it varies from day to day, um, <laughs> but but really, I mean, this is um, it varies for for the different youth, and we also use different token economies for each youth. We we have a home right now that. We have very young boys and we have older boys, and so it looks different for each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but something I wanted to, to bring up and kind of tack on to that with Amanda um, is really being specific, having those specific instructions. Um, so if you like listen to that little interaction, the, the little fake interaction that we had about putting my jacket on, Amanda didn't say, like, get ready to go. Um, because get ready could go could mean a hundred different things. Mm-hmm. She told me to go grab my coat and get it on. And so as, since I didn't do that one right, uh, as part of like fixing that, Amanda would be like, so like in order to like do this right now, I need you to go grab your coat, say, okay, look at me in the eyes, mm-hmm. you know, it's those specific things so that I would know the next time how I was supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. These are kids, um, not only the ones that we take care of and that are in really intense treatment, but also our own children in our families. They don't know when you say get ready for bed, they don't mm-hmm. know that that could mean brushing your teeth, making sure that you've gone to the bathroom in case you need to go to the bathroom later in the night, making sure you're in your pajamas. Have you taken a shower? Did you shower correctly? Did you wash your body? <laughs> mm-hmm. And those are all things that we have to help them um, learn so that when they go and they take a shower and they come out and they're just completely wet, that we have to be like, okay, part of taking a shower is also using a towel to dry yeah. off yeah. and then <laughs> practicing that with them yeah. and showing them how it works. Oh, so yeah. making sure that it is specific. And then the next thing that we have learned is that there are very few things that Diet Coke and sleep can't fix. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of hard days, and sometimes it f- can feel really overwhelming because sometimes our boys don't make super great decisions. Um, and it's hard because there's so many factors at play. Um, they have trauma, and so it can make it really hard for them to make great decisions. And 
all of this is such a process so it can be like they're in this really tough spot and then they're going to come out of it and do great but right now we're in this really tough spot and they make decisions that influence us all and it can be easy to be like what are we doing wrong or what are they doing wrong or like why isn't this working and just being able to take a step back from that situation and have a breather, get some sleep, get a Diet Coke with ice. Like, <laughs> with that ice. is yes. what you need. <laughs> that, and think... it makes us a better, like, it makes us better parents, like, professional parents, but also parents to our baby, mm-hmm. um, when we're able to, like, realize that there's no shame in taking a break, and we yeah. need to, yeah. in order to be better for them. Right. We're, we're really really, really adamant about keeping shame out of everything. Mm-hmm. Nobody should feel guilty or um, shameful about... Um, well, I guess guilt and shame are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I should just say shame. Um, keeping shame out of that so that they aren't feeling... They should say, the decision I made was wrong. They shouldn't say, I am bad. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that we also do that to ourselves. We say, Definitely. okay, so like there is a day that's really rough and like Jack is eating rocks and <laughs> you just like, ugh. And I can go out of that day and I can say, I'm a bad parent. Or I can say, today was very hard and I'm going to take a step back because I'm the adult. I have the power to regulate my emotions and my um, decisions. And I'm going to make sure that tomorrow I come back at it better. Mm -hmm. Because I think otherwise it leads to a lot of remorse, uh, not remorse, um, resentment. And you can become, I don't know, very cynical. And and I think shame is, it's like a... It has a compounding nature where mm-hmm. it's not like if I feel shame yeah. about like, oh, I'm a bad parent because I yelled at my, my son or... It like rolls into this giant... Yeah, like, like suddenly like, because I, I didn't give Hiram, I was like mean to Hiram or something like that. Like I'm also like a bad student and a bad husband. Yeah, and, it spirals. And I'm Very like, I'm so. like a Way terrible quick. driver and I think <laughs> I might be ugly. And it was like, it, like it just cascades and jumps on other aspects yeah. of life. I know that you say that in joking, but like most of those things a lot of the youth that come in here because they have not been used they've been used to people telling them constantly that they are bad right that they they come into that they think that they're ugly that there is no reason for them to go to school because they are so stupid and so that that shame i i think that it's something that is so easy to really slip into but it it has so many terrible right and and what a terrible i mean shame is like the satan's counterfeit for righteous guilt like mm-hmm. guilt mm-hmm. when we we do something wrong we realize oh this is the wrong thing and, and we it, use it to spur change yeah you, it motivates you to want to do something different whereas shame it really does it just spirals you down to yeah to, we might need to have an episode just on that <laughs> yeah that's a really good topic Definitely. yeah shame levi always will say amanda you're spiraling because <laughs> 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 i will be like have a really hard day with jack because mm-hmm. sometimes jack is well, most of the time, Jack is 10 times harder for me than any of our youth. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this child will be the end of me. But I'll be like, I'm a bad mom. I'm a bad, I'm a bad everything. And I just like sit in the bed and like, I think I see the exact same thing. Like spiraling. And I actually like melt into the bed and like, this is it. I'm going to die because I'm so bad at everything. It is out of control. I'm seeing myself right now. Don't I say the exact same thing to you? Like you're spiraling. You're starting to spiral. Yeah. Because it's like, and I can see it in her eyes too. Like it's, it's like, it's like the the, the rapid eye movement. You're just like, like, oh no, no. I, I really think that that, that is such a, um, I don't, I'm not sure why it's ingrained in parenthood specifically, but um, if we do not take the time to build ourselves up by taking breaks, Mm -hmm. I mean, something as simple as that, that it's not bad to take breaks. Like there are many times when Amanda and I will sit down and we'll be like, Hey, 
I don't want to see Jack again. And it's like, that's okay. And then, you know, you allow yourself to take a break and you go like, sometimes it's literally like I drove down to Sonic because that's the closest drink station we have. It's unfortunate. It's not our favorite. Um, and you will get like a diet Coke and then it'll just be like, you know what? Like tomorrow's a new day and it's great. Mm -hmm. But if I had not done that and I was like, no, I have to work through this because otherwise I'm going to be a, a terrible parent. Then it's just going to lead to more terrible experiences mm -hmm. with my yeah. baby, and I will resent him. So, <laughs> so takeaway. Take Shame breaks. sucks. Shame is bad. But the last thing that we want to um, close with is, like, a lot of times it's really easy for people to... Um, they kind of treat the boys that we work with differently, which is why we try not to um, like introduce them as like the boys in our treatment program. Yeah, right. um, we introduce like, them as these our are boys. the kids with problems. Yeah. <laughs> because like, a lot of people, yeah. as soon as they as they find that out, they treat them very differently. But childhood, no matter who it is, should always be magical. Um, one of my favorite things that has ever happened is quite early in this job. Um, the boys found out that I love Star Wars. I'm completely obsessed with Star Wars. They also found out that I had a lot of toy lightsabers. And we went outside and we played with lightsabers for like an hour and a half. And it was just a magical time. And it's just like, that should be what childhood is like. And obviously they have chores and they have therapy and they have school and all of that. But I think if we get too concerned with like schedule or things that we feel like we should be doing, that we forget that we can make those things magical. Mm -hmm. And so I try, that's one of my favorite things about kids in general is just how excited they get yes. about things. Like yeah. we, I could be like, today we're having circle pancakes like all pancakes are circles like that is not something new but because i said it was circle pancakes they'd be like what about circle syrup and what about circle butter and like it just spirals in a good way into this like huge thing for them and they're like we had circle pancakes today and i'm like yeah we did <laughs> just don't tell me your friends because it's not that cool but just there's so many opportunities to make everyday things magical and to like just taking the time to do little things to add to the magic of their childhood. Like we try to do lots of family activities and we like even just on Harry Potter's birthday, like we bought like pretzel rods and then like, had them decorate them with chocolate and they all were like running around. And they're like, Expelliarmus! And like, yeah, guys! <laughs> and it was so fun. And in their eyes, they were like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. And then, like, it was so simple for me to do, like, go and buy pretzel rods. Mm -hmm. But to them, it was such a huge thing. Yeah. yeah. And so just taking the time to, like, find those little things that are going to make them happy and be like, this is for you, and I'm doing this for you because I care about you, I think makes all the difference. Yeah. I think it's just so amazing that they, I mean, I know you guys, and I know that you're such great role models already, but just to kind of put myself in their shoes, like, just in the way that I'm looking at you right now, kind of like, you guys are so, like, you have such a strong marriage, and you love your baby, and that is, like, such an important example for them in this phase of their life, where just like your um, supervisor said, like, this may be the only time that they'll ever see that, and I just think that's... You're doing them a huge service, Thank and you. I'm going to cry, so I'm going to shut up. And I'm thinking about, um, you know, the parents who have their kids and who are struggling with behavioral issues um, that are part of regular you know, childhood. Mm -hmm. Like all children go through, I mean, they're figuring out how to work a body. And yeah. so we, we expect some behavioral issues. Uh, but the children you deal with have some, have more intense behavior issues because of the trauma that they've experienced. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
I'm just thinking about those parents who are trying so hard to make a difference and to help their children change and learn, uh, but they're not seeing any results. Do you have anything to say about that specifically? Yes, I actually, I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, so we really love this teaching family model and like we use it constantly. And so it's something that we are thinking about a lot. And um, I got kind of um, really emotional the other day because we were working with this youth and it was, it was, I mean, he's having a difficult time. And um, every time, no matter how severe the behavior, no matter how terrible it is, no matter how difficult it is for me or for the youth or for the other youth that are involved, no matter what, at the end of that teaching interaction, we start over again as if it had not happened. Um, and I thought about how grateful I was that I have heavenly parents that do the same thing with me, that I, like, obviously I may not be doing the exact same things that these youth are doing to me, but there are so many times that I have done things that could be hurtful and offensive and heavenly father realizes that he is the parent and, um, and our heavenly parents take the time to be like, you did that. And we worked through it, and now we reset, and you get to start again. And um, I think that we need to give that grace and that ability to reset um, a really big, important influence. There may be times when you don't see success, and it may not be for a really long time. But if you take the time to allow them, um, I think that that's something that helps in their healing to realize that no matter how bad it gets and no matter what things they may try to do to us, that the next day we're still going to be there. That is, I think, what helps them and what helps me as a human being heal when I realize that my heavenly parents are still there. Like, they didn't leave just because I did. I threw a fit. And in reality, like, all these kids want is a safe space. That's all anybody wants, right, is a safe space. And the reason they feel safe with us is because they know that whatever they're going to do, whatever little awful thing they've planned in their mind, <laughs> that the next day we're going to wake them up, we're going to give them a side hug, we're going to send them to school, and we're going to say, we hope you have a great day. Mm-hmm. And it's, we're not going to hold those things against them. And just knowing that that love is always there, that's why they change. And that's why love may not be the solution to everything, but love better be there because otherwise yeah. it's not really going to work. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, I also want to say, um, I know there are probably some parents out there who are thinking like, oh man, like my kid doesn't have these as severe of behavioral problems. And so like, I shouldn't be whining so much or whatnot. Uh, but like your struggles you're having with your family are like your struggles and they are just as real for you as anybody oh, else's yeah. struggles are for anybody mm-hmm. else. And like that emotional turmoil you're feeling trying to help your kid learn is real. Um, and like, you don't need to feel put down because you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're your turmoil is not as hardcore. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Validation is, we are all about that. Yeah. We have this baby that is completely Honestly, neutral. Honestly, we but... always <laughs> say that the baby is the hardest youth. And I'm like, that's our baby. I'm like, <laughs> like, you shouldn't talk about your baby that way. I'm like, I'm well, being have you had to deal with him? <laughs> like, he is wonderful and smart and inquisitive, but he is sometimes so hard. And so parenting is a rough gig. Wherever you're at. It doesn't matter. Wherever it, you're at. Whenever, whatever you're doing. It's hard. Whether they are newborns yeah. or 18 or older, it's going to be rough. Yeah. And, but yeah, it 
definitely those feelings that you're feeling are completely valid. And we, I mean, the, the teaching family model, one last plug, it's really great. <laughs> um, but like it's, yeah. it's, we we'll use it, it regardless <laughs> of whether or not there are trauma in these kids' lives. If yeah. we were going to, we're going to use it with our children and, and yeah. Your child. I, just yes. <laughs> no more. No, we're iffy this about that. We have nine. No, the more we have nine yeah. right now. Yeah. So and we have seven. seven, including Jack. So it's a little yeah. bit much. That is a lot. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for being here with us yeah, and for sharing your wisdom. And Do you gems. have any main takeaways you have for, from this hunt? I'm just in awe, and I can't wait to listen to this over and over again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I think, uh, just off the top of my head, the um, being very specific oh, definitely. in your interactions with your yeah, children, um, having clear consequences, um, both positive and negative. Yeah. Um, I don't think that every family needs to have a, a token nope. economy system <laughs> no, for sure remember not. this is like for children <laughs> yes. who are like just they're at like the last stage before they go to like state hospitals because of their behavior issues so don't feel like you have to do that if <laughs> yeah. you are doing that power everything. to but you it is but. really important that they i mean that's one of the reasons that we call them positive and negative consequences having mm-hmm. them understand that it's not like a reward and a punishment, but understanding that like okay. when you do good things, there's a consequence, yeah. and right. when you do bad things, there's a consequence. Right. Okay. It's almost like Heavenly Father's plan. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's there's that. So direct, clear communication, uh, clear, understood consequences, both positive and negative, and then having love be a driving force, but not a method of discipline. Yeah. I think those are the the things that I took out from this. Yeah, that's that's excellent. Good job, right. babe. Yeah, okay. I got everything of that too. All of that. All that. All right. Well, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we really it's been super fun. This. No, it's been fun, and I feel like I learned a ton, even though I can't really think of anything specific right now. Yeah. <laughs> I will go back and listen to this over and yeah. over again. Um, if people have questions or comments for you guys, where can they turn to find? You? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, that's a good question. How about your but, Instagram handles? <laughs> oh, yeah, great. Um, so I am at Levi... Oh, wait. Levi Jordan Neely. Levi Jordan Neely. <laughs> um, all spelled normally, except for Neely is hard. So I guess N-E-E-L-Y. And yeah. I, mine is A. Harris underscore Neely. Yeah. And we will, we'll again, put those yeah, both we'll put in, in, the, the yeah, in the show notes. Awesome. Well, if you really like what you're hearing, make sure to subscribe and leave us a review and rating. We're really grateful for you guys um, that you listen and that you're reaching out to us. We love to hear from you. Yeah, please let your friends know about us and reach out to us and let us know topics you'd like us to talk about or people that you would like us to have on. Uh, We've received several suggestions from listeners and we're working on getting those people on on the podcast and working on developing uh, a plan to talk about some of this, the topics you guys have suggested. So yeah. keep it up. So thanks so much, guys. See uh, ya. Keep the faith. <laughs>